the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Right on. Matt Dunn in for George Brackler this morning. Sitting here on the George Show, watching the sun. We started at 6 a.m. where the sun was on the horizon. And now it's up there at about 9.05 a.m. And we're just having a good time around here. And thanks for the brilliant callers we have had so far. 303-696-1971. And I'll be off to the phone lines in just a moment. I want to just work in, starting an hour, just a, a couple of points I'll get back to that Biden blaming Putin and the gas stuff. It's just amazing. The disaster of the Biden era, frankly, everybody knows it. But one point that I sometimes make as I host Backbone Radio on Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m., yeah, is that I've come to feel that your freedom is an illusion. When you think about whether or not we are free or not, whether or not we are free people, you start to come to the conclusion, if you look deeply enough and if you look closely enough, that hmm, freedom has become an illusion in this country. And there's a few other things that are illusions. I think we do have an illusion that we do have two political parties in America. What if that's just actually an illusion? What if actually it's a uniparty that essentially controls the the nerve centers of both political parties. It's a, it's a uniparty with two wings, which serve to provide the illusion of uh, actual political debate, the illusion of actual disagreements in this country, while serving actually as a fundraising profit center for the ruling class, for the big money people. By uh, managing these illusions, they can they can uh, quite the profit centers there. And um, we live in a surveillance state. The Patriot Act and the growth of technology has created a surveillance state, which is far more comprehensive, in my view, than most people realize or even aware of. And that's how the people that run the surveillance state want it. I do recommend you look at Jack Carr's new book called In the Blood, a new thriller by the former Navy SEAL who sheds, uh, I think, some pretty illuminating new light on the surveillance state we are living in. Is our freedom an illusion? Our narratives are very tightly and forcibly controlled in this country by the mainstream media, by the tech tyrants, by even the government which has its pipelines into narrative control in this country. Anti-regime voices, if they get enough followers, if they get enough listenership, those voices are silenced. The tech tyrants have the power to do that. You can always count on the rhino Republicans caving when it counts, as they've done on the Second Amendment, as John McCain did on Obamacare. Go down the list. For some reason, the rhinos currently in charge the Republican Party. They've never been weaker, though, in some ways, frankly. And Trump, that is one of his legacies, to weaken and expose the rhinos and who they are. I say that in this country we are ruled by idiots. Moreover, we are actually ruled by freaks. 
We have freaks in charge of this country and the world and just go down the list, go down the resume of where we are as a country and all the crazy stuff you're seeing, the bad news you see every day. Only freaks could actually want that and push that and promote that. Sadly, it's the big money that what counts in politics right now and the Black Rocks and Tom Donilon, the big Black Rock guy, just got put on a big foreign policy commission from the Biden administration. There's BlackRock people all over the Biden administration. They run about $9 trillion in wealth management here and around the world. Middle-class 401ks are weaponized against ourselves. They're used against us, ladies and gentlemen. I kid you not. Done some segments on that. But you might live under the illusion of freedom. You know, you're allowed to wander about the cabin a little bit. You're allowed to, you know, do a few things. But if you ever become a threat to the ruling class, oh, man, they will come down on you like a ton of bricks. They will come after you. They will silence you. They will find ways. Up in Canada, they found a way to get bank accounts for the people who are becoming a threat to the administration. Physically in prison, yeah, the January 6th folks. Mentally in prison in our controlled narratives. And just look at anybody who becomes a threat to the, re- to the regime. Look at what happens to them. Think of Julian Assange, yeah? Look at Elon Musk and threatening to have a little free speech on Twitter and look at how the reaction has been to that. Oh, they don't want that. And that is one of the, cer- the secrets is that the rhinos don't want that. The rhinos want the voices of their own constituents muzzled and easily silenced. Oh, yeah, that's what they want. And, of course, look at the example of Donald Trump. He became the real threat to the regime, to the establishment, to the uniparty. And they unloaded everything they had on him for years, and they're still doing it with this bogus fraud, January 6th commission. And I'll just say this. So I've been, I've been coming to this conclusion that, uh, that our freedom is an illusion in this country. And I just saw another commentator say this, and I'll, I'll play that clip in just a second. But we are going backwards as a nation. We're going straight backwards. We're losing our country. It's a real bummer. It's painful to watch. It's just unpleasant. It's always bad news. And it's always losing our country. It's always America last with the people on top right now. And I point these things out, and they sound a little pessimistic, but hey, the only response to all this is keep hammering and know that there's far more of us than there are of them, far more, and just keep hammering. Hey, as Cameron Haynes, the bow hunter, says, I just read his book called Endure, nobody cares, just work harder. Nobody cares, work harder. Keep hammering. That's the only solution to it. And yes, uh, hit the weight room, get physically stronger, breathe better, exercise better, get that clean, free Colorado air, tune out what you have to, but be engaged and keep hammering. But Tucker Carlson had a little interview with a a Dutch politician named Eva Vlardinger Broek. Vlardinger Broek, I don't know how you pronounce that one. That's one of those multi-syllabic Dutch names. And she said the same thing I've been saying for years, that, hey, your freedom is an illusion. And I thought, let me just play this. There's a little bit of a Dutch accent here. But let's let's listen to her say this and why she thinks freedom is an illusion in Europe. You can see even that the establishment goes after politicians who dissent from the left-wing globalist uh, rhetoric with legal means. And you can see that not just for politicians, but during COVID, for example, we've seen that being used against ordinary civilians. So they will have task force, even a military task force in the Netherlands, 
that is completely just has this one job, and that is to crack down on free speech. And they'll say everything that goes against the government's narrative when it comes to COVID, for example, forms a danger for a society. Therefore, it's disinformation. We need to take it down. So, and they'll use force to do that. Well, not yet. Well, you've, you probably have seen, you know, the, all the, the, pro, the demonstrations that we had where the police used force against, pro, force against protesters, that they've done for sure. But not yet so much when it comes to freedom of speech in the sense that they crack down on disinformation, but they haven't done that with force yet. But well, they'll delete if post. they have guns and they're telling you to stop doing something, the threat is inherent. Yes, and we don't have guns because, like I said, we don't have a First Amendment, but we sure as hell don't have a Second Amendment. So it's not a free country is what you're saying. No, it is. I think it's an illusion. It's an illusion of a free, free country. If all the things that I find important for a free democratic nation are not real. So if you are going to arrest, as the state arrests dissidents, you don't have free speech. If you have politicians that are, first of all, Heard Wilders, for example, is protected 24-7 because his life is not sure, because he's always under threat of radical Islamists that are also being imported by these same elites, and you have the state that comes after him, and, and, and prosecutes him for the things that he says, I don't think that you can talk of a real free nation. No. That is Dutch political activist Eva Vlardinger Broek talking to Tucker Carlson about how freedom in the Netherlands is an illusion. She's talking about Western Europe. She's talking about America. And in Europe, they don't have a Second Amendment. How helpless, how docile are those people not having a Second Amendment. That's why they, they've got to get rid of the American Second Amendment. That bothers the global elites. That bothers the people in power all around the world that the American middle class still likes its freedom, wants to have its freedom back, and does have a Second Amendment to back that up. Your freedom is an illusion. And what she said is that, you know, it's not real. Your, your sense of freedom is not real. That's what she says. And there's no Second Amendment over there. Anyway, I was glad to see somebody say that. And again, keep hammering. Keep hammering. Get that vote in on Tuesday. Keep after it. Nobody cares. You don't need somebody to care. You don't need anybody to validate you. We don't need to be validated. We don't want somebody to like some politician to tell us, oh, they care. They don't. They despise us. That's just the way they are. They've come to despise the heartland of this country. They've come to despise the middle class. And they kind of relish inflicting pain on the middle class. I mean, look at all the pain we're having economically. Go down the list in the Biden era. They're trying to blame Putin for it, but uh, no one is buying that. We are ruled by freaks. We are ruled by idiots. And that's the eternal story, unfortunately, of humanity. America, until lately, has been the exception to a lot of that. And let's, let's find a way to get back to that exception status. More of this, more of this to follow, but I've been wanting to get over to our, our, yes, full phone lines. Let's start saying hellos in order here. And as I reach over, press the button, Nancy in Aurora. Hey, thank you for checking in, Nancy. Glad you are here this morning. Oh, it's so good to hear you. Right on. I, I have a solution for all the rioters and the bombers and the window breakers and people who set fire to our cities. Good. Get out the fire trucks and fire hoses <laughs> and sweep them away. I think if the cities would coordinate with one another and uh, just do it and uh, 
let people howl if they want to howl about it. I, I say that for the supposedly homeless, the drug-addicted people who are living on the streets here in our cities, in Denver and other places. Uh, if they don't want to move, bring out the fire hoses. Well, they're even talking about it in Douglas County, setting up a homeless camp down there. Stephen Tubbs has been driving that story, quite fascinating. And uh, I haven't seen any news to weigh in with myself today on that. I'll let the other hosts carry on with that. But it seems like that's going to be a magnet. And back when Hickenlooper said he was going to end homelessness in Denver, of course, that became just a magnet for more. I've kind of noticed that. Yeah. And uh, that's the way that's gone. And I saw that you, you had a note, Nancy, were you going to mention something about the moths? I talked about the moth invasion last hour, or is that a no, misnomer? It wasn't me. Oh, that wasn't you. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. No. Fair enough. Well. Well, keep on keeping on. Well, I'm going to do that, and you do the same, Nancy. It's mighty good to hear your voice on a morning like this, just so you know. Well, you take care. Well, will do. Sending the good word to you, Nancy. All the best. And how about, let's say a little hello now to uh, reach over. Somehow I have to reach over and I have to go away from the microphone to reach. But it's uh, Peter. Peter in Denver. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, Matt. Yeah. Uh, pleasant surprise hearing Backbone Radio during the week. Yeah, once in a while I'll show up on a weekday and just start bloviating. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, you ever hear the song, uh, song "The Grand Illusion" by Sticks? No, I, I well, I, I probably could recognize it, but I don't know that one off the top of my head. But I, 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 Sticks is cool. Your time that was in the seventies, but um, you were talking about eating bugs. Yes, I and, was. Um, or you wanted to eat bugs, and let's just take that ridiculousness a little further. You know, atheists like to quote the Bible. You know, they mix the truth with lies sound familiar but um probably, i could see them uh, quoting that john the baptist ate locust and the way you offset that uh, rectal loading is you mix it with honey which john the baptist ate so <laughs> i see where you're going <laughs> with that now c- can i count you as an ally on the not gonna go for eating bugs in the future concept uh, yes. are you on the bandwagon okay no bugs good no yeah, nothing like that. And we'll see what happens. I got my ballot ready, but I think I'm going to go try and vote in person. Because I know some people at the last election, they went to vote, and they were told they already voted. So I'll bring my I'll bring my ballot with me. So no, I didn't. But here's the ballot right here. So I haven't already voted in case they try to pull that. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, you know, I have heard, I mean, I have heard everything and, uh, you know, frankly, not a lot of it inspires confidence in me. And I'm not a fan of the mail-in ballot. And I think it's not a total coincidence that this state goes straight up bright blue when we get that mail-in ballot uh, in effect in the state of Colorado. But I, I'm not aware of if you can – if they actually do they have actually voting machines? You can actually go vote on a machine now? Um, can you do that? Uh, I'm not familiar with that and don't know how to advise anybody on that. But uh, I like the sound of it. Yeah, well, I'm going to go do it in person, like I said. I just don't trust anyone. Right, yeah, yeah. Trust levels are low, and um, and I, I just think they should be. I mean, I, I'm just – and I, I just – I think if it's, – it's just hard to trust it. And actually, if you look at look at the uh, Rasmussen 
poll data, which I have here, it says that um, election integrity is uh, a concern of 83 percent of likely voters in America. Eighty three percent. So that's 83 percent that are not feeling like terribly trusting of uh, our election integrity in this country. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I like these the Republicans who say, uh, well, it was an honest election, but let's make sure it doesn't happen again. So that's kind of contradictory. Yeah. So there was no fraud. Let's just make sure it doesn't happen again. Let, well, and when you get promises for the future from a politician, it's worth about how much, Peter? How much is that worth? Uh, worth like, uh, like uh, zero? Yeah, maybe zero. What, what's a sub zero? <laughs> <laughs> that's just All right, man. Well, that's where that well, is yeah, I'll be listening on Sunday okay right on yeah I'll be back on Sunday back in uh and, and bringing the heat but uh hey Peter yeah. great to hear you sir our New Jersey uh origins Peter here and um yeah uh by the way this Rasmussen poll data what are the most uh what are the top concerns of likely voters in America and I'll here's the order this is Rasmussen poll data came out yesterday Rising gas prices, 92%. Inflation, 91%. The economy, 89%. Violent crime, 88%. Election integrity, 83%. School issues, 76%. Election cheating, 75%. Illegal immigration, 66%. And it's interesting, if you, that, that's what the likely voters are concerned about, according to Rasmussen. But uh, legacy media and establishment media, what are they concerned about? You have to go lower down on the list, for voters anyway. But climate change, 64% only. Abortion rights, 63%. Capital riot investigation, 57%. COVID-19, 57%. So what the legacy media um, reports on and endlessly talks about are in the second, third tier of issues that the American people, likely voters, are concerned about, which are, again, in this disastrous Biden era, gas prices, inflation, the economy, violent crime, election integrity, school issues, and so forth. Yeah. So uh, we have a mismatch, right? And it tells you there's a huge disconnect between the people running this country and the people living in this country. And yes, alas, sadly, our freedom has become an illusion and we need to keep hammering, keep hammering until we make it a reality once again in this country. Matt Dunn, I'm in for George Brockler. Let's take a break and be right back. Matt Dunn on board, sitting in for the great George Brockler this morning. And, boy, we've been having some fun along the way. And what have I not covered? I've covered the Colorado primary. I've covered uh, eating bugs. And uh, some of the things that moths do to try to make themselves less likely to be eaten. And I've got a whole bunch more that I haven't gotten to yet, so I'm going to have to talk fast. And you have thoughts, 303-696-1971. The new Buzz Lightyear movie from Disney is apparently flopping badly. Some people call it Woke Lightyear because Disney, of course, had to make it a big woke enterprise. They had to convert Buzz Lightyear to a woke Lightyear. Apparently, it cost $200 million to make this film, not including production or promotion costs. They'll need to make about $400 million to break even, and they're sitting only right now at $91 million. One thing that uh, is kind of annoying 
is that they got rid of Tim Allen, who was the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Tim Allen, kind of a great, actually conservative actor in Hollywood, who does live part-time, I believe, uh, in Colorado. Maybe up at Grand Lake is Tim Allen. But they got rid of uh, Tim Allen. He was a little too conservative to be Buzz Lightyear. And now, oh, they're, uh, they're not making ends meet on this woke movie. And I'm going to try to keep my four kids away from that one. No thanks on that. But Top Gun Maverick is out there. Wonderful movie. Enjoyed it. Not really woke at all. And it's already cleared $800 million globally. And that thing is going on and on. And uh, watch that be a absolute blockbuster. Great to see Hollywood at least has a little bit of credentialing left. Um, I've been talking about how Biden's big effort is to uh, blame Putin for uh, the high gas prices. And uh, uh, 7-Eleven, Elon Musk has a photo of a 7-Eleven somewhere charging $7.11 a gallon. So that's more than doubled, approaching tripled, maybe even past that since when Trump was in office. Remember $1.79 gas? Remember the golden era? Remember those days? But listen to how shamelessly uh, Biden tries to blame Putin for for the problems. And again, the blame Putin... um, Propaganda is some of the dumbest and stupidest propaganda ever. They blame him for the 2016 election, right? All those four years of Putin fraud for the election, and now it's like the other way, or you can't talk about it, right? Then, uh, oh, yeah, well, uh, now it's Putin is causing the gas prices, and Putin is going to cause the food shortages because Kirby, John Kirby, the Pentagon spokesperson, is saying that, yeah, Putin is weaponizing food. See, they're trying to get ahead of these stories as a food shortage heads our way. Look at fertilizer prices. But listen to just how how shameless this is. What Putin, Biden did, he did this yesterday. They set up that fake studio next to the White House where he can, like, read some script. And how many times do they have to cut cut these videos before he can actually get one through and sounding more or less coherent? But listen, listen to Biden do this. Easy politics of the attack. I get that. But the simple truth is gas prices are up almost $2 a gallon because Vladimir Putin's ruthless attack on Ukraine, and we wouldn't let him get away with it. We're doing everything we can to reduce this pain at the pump now. And of those experiences... Yeah, that is, like, so stupid. That is so not helping. And according to Rasmussen poll data, only 11% of the American people actually blame Putin for the higher gas prices. They they actually, you know, they actually blame Biden's policies for, for what has caused these... Problems, But listen, as Biden goes further, and he says, well, if you don't like high gas prices in this country, well, then you're pro-Putin. See? So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in America, are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were yeah. wrong to stand up to Putin? Yeah. Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? I don't believe that. Yeah, so... That is some of the most desperate framing of an issue I have ever heard. I mean, that is blooming amazing, folks, to say that, well, if you don't like high gas prices, well, that means that you're soft on Putin, that you're a Putin sympathizer. (laughs) Nobody's buying this, but they, they they actually have to say this stuff. So Biden has depleted the strategic oil reserves considerably. That's not a healthy thing for our economy. Biden is advocating for a three-month pause on the federal gas tax, which would save 18 cents a gallon. Do you think you'd even notice 18 cents a gallon at this point? 
with $7.11 a gallon gasoline going on in this country. And I've seen some higher. Good grief, folks. But when Biden says that, uh, yeah, 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 it was uh, it's all it's all Putin's fault. Well, you have to remember, I mean, uh, let's let's should we do a little flashback of Biden during his campaign? Some of the things that he was saying he was going to do about ending fossil fuels. Let's just hear this little montage here. This is Joe Biden with his plans to end fossil fuels. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. new pipeline infrastructure? Yeah. And, 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 exactly. and No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth? even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. Oh, yes, he would. He would uh, pretty much destroy the blue-collar community, the middle and working class of this country for whatever it is he wants to do to end fossil fuels, taxing the regressive tax on middle America. And there's, there's even one that uh, Tucker Carlson brought this one up the other night. So how did this happen? Well, we're going to let you decide. We're going to play you a tape from a campaign event during the last Democratic presidential primaries in New Hampshire. This video was shot in 2019 at a moment when not a single person in the country really believed that Joe Biden had any chance to win his party's nomination. So because they gave him no chance, not a lot of people were paying attention when Biden was asked whether he would continue to take donations from the oil and gas industry. Here's how he responded. Kiddo. I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? Yeah. We're going to end fossil fuel. End fossil fuel? The basis of the entire American economy? Look in my eyes. We're going to end fossil fuels. And so Biden gets into office, and he kills the Keystone Pipeline. He freezes federal leases. He shuts down Anwar. And now he has the temerity to blame Putin while he's begging Saudi Arabia for more oil, begging Venezuela for more oil, releasing the strategic oil reserves, trying to pause the gas tax, which would be 18 cents a gallon. But yet the temerity to blame Putin. But yet, like I said, people are not buying it. People are not believing it. And meanwhile, before the phone lines, the January 6th commission, here we are in America. Yeah, we've got. The soaring gas prices, the runaway food inflation, we've got crime increasing, we've got no baby formula, we've got no tampons. I heard you guys talking about that yesterday, no tampons. We've got a diesel fuel shortage, we've got pending food shortages, we've got a shrinking American economy, but we've got the January 6th people obsessing over this something that uh, low ratings, nobody's watching this, mainstream media trying to gin up some kind of a story here, and <laughs> it's like... Uh, Betsy Woodruff Swan, who writes for Politico, a left-wing organization, had to come out and admit um, that it's just not even making a dent, that uh, even two Democrats told her off record that nobody gives a bleep about January 6th. Brings me to the 
All-important question, Betsy, does the January 6th hearing break through at all? Is this more proof it does not? I don't think it does. I've talked to two separate Democratic members of Congress in the last couple of weeks about January 6th. Obviously, can't say who. And, and both of them have said offhandedly, nobody gives a bleep about January 6th when they're talking about their districts and the way that elections play out. Uh, nobody gives a bleep about January 6th. Amen to that. And that's some left winger saying that to Chuck Todd on left wing NBC. Good grief, folks. And that's that's just they're so overdoing the propaganda. They're trying to pump life into that propaganda. And they've got all the networks running it except for Fox News. And people just can't be bothered to watch it because it's like stupid. doesn't add up. And you know how propaganda like these Potemkin villages that don't actually have like roots and anchors and like legitimacy in the actual body politic. They just make stuff up off the top of their head and try to push their power interests. And just a quick thing. Listen to the media trying to pump life into the January 6th charade. There's never been a bigger or more important story in American history than this. This is the most important story in the history of the Republic. These January 6th hearings are remarkable. They are riveting. The hearings last night, they were searing. They were vivid. It was compelling. It was chilling, the videos. And I've got another few minutes of that montage. No. It's not compelling, it is not interesting, and nobody's watching, and it's got low ratings, and nobody gives a bleep about January 6th, as you just heard the good left-winger say. They're not even talking about Ashley Babbitt or Roseanne Boylan or the Fed involvement, like uh, who is this Ray Epps guy? They're not releasing the 14,000 hours of videotapes. It's all another part of the hysterical, obsessive attempt from the ruling class to assuage their fears of Donald Trump running again, (laughs) which if he does... Yeah, watch him win the primary and watch him sail right in again. You think? Possible? We'll see what happens there. I've got more, but let's say hello to Gary. Gary in Denver, welcome to the program. Glad you're here this morning. Thanks, Matt. Yes. Um, you know, I haven't been watching those January 6th hearings. I I read about, you know, the, the highlights in newspapers and on talk shows and um, – I really think it, it's meant to pretty much just lift the curtain on showing the character of Donald Trump, which is very disturbing. You find and, that disturbing, uh, huh? Did, did you oh, do you find oh, it lacking very, to not hear about Ashley Babbitt or Roseanne Boyland or this Ray Epps guy? Or do you ever wonder about the 14,000 hours of video the FBI has, but they're not releasing? Do you ever wonder uh, if you're being served uh, up a big heaping pile of propaganda about all this stuff? Well, that's a nice diversion, but let's stay on what I'm talking about. Um, he, Donald Trump said maybe they have something right when they were talking about hanging the vice president who's been loyal to him. Maybe, uh, maybe it's important to know that Donald Trump diverted $250 million that was supposed to be to prove the, uh, the big lie into his own pocket. Maybe it's revealing that Trump made a lot of money by charging outrageous amounts for his uh, to for people to stay at his hotels. So you can try to change. Oh, really? You think Trump like went into the presidency as a profit venture? Uh, Trump's the only guy that was less wealthy when he finished the presidency than when he started. All the other people that run for the presidency, like Barack Obama earn their political careers into a profit-making machine and uh, look no further than Nancy Pelosi and 
go down the list there. And even Dan Crenshaw down in Texas, that rhino down there, is an even better investor than Nancy Pelosi somehow. But, Gary, I just, I'm just i sad that you're somehow accepting the propaganda that is put out there and you're not I, asking I, the real I, questions I, I, about, like, people like Ray no. Epps and who opened the Capitol doors and why didn't Nancy Pelosi accept the, the National Guard? Why did she deny the National Guard to show up there and do a little protection? I don't know, right, Gary. No, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm not convinced you have it all square on this one, on the propaganda, but at least I'm glad you're not watching it, Gary. So anyway, I've run long, and let's let's do the break here. It's Matt Dunn. I'm sitting in for George Brockler. I'll be right back for one more wonderful segment after this. I'll be back on Sunday, Backbone Radio, 4 to 7 p.m. The podcast is out there. The Twitter is out there at Backbone Radio. And honored that George would uh, somehow deign to allow me to come in and sit in and try to carry the torch for him. And I do sure enjoy listening to George every morning around here, 710 KNUS. Quick note on Ukraine. Get ready for the media trying to prepare the American people for the collapse of the Ukraine resistance. That is all not going well at all. Um, I could do more on that segment, but just uh, just watch this, uh, another military-industrial complex flop, another consecutive flop after Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya. Here we go with Ukraine. Never been a fan of that one. And, um, you know, Joe Biden, anybody having the uh, Jimmy Carter flashbacks in the, the Joe Biden era, the energy problems, the inflation and the high price, they affect everything in the economy. And remember back, uh, Jimmy Carter once said this, go back to his presidency. All of us must learn to waste less energy. Simply by keeping our thermostats, for instance, at 65 degrees in the daytime and 55 degrees at night, we could save half the current shortage of natural gas. Okay. Get ready for more of that, folks. A little uh, sneak preview to where we are Headed. And even CNN is thinking, my gosh, this is bad. Harry Inton comes in on CNN trying to give a little credibility to that network. They're talking about getting rid of Brian Stelter. That would be that would be nice. But uh, but Harry Inton compares Joe Biden to Jimmy Carter. Says actually, Joe Biden is even worse than Jimmy Carter with his approvals. Put the, this inflation in, in context. How bad is the surge in prices? I, it's awful. I mean, it's awful, and how people feel about it is even worse. You know, you look at the consumer sentiment right now, and what do you see? This is the worst consumer sentiment ever measured by the University of Michigan, going all the way back since 1952. Wow. Uh, You basically, even if you double my age, that doesn't get you back to 1952. And while I'm young, I'm not that young, right? Uh, The second worst, 1980. The third worst, 1980. I don't have to remind you. Inflation got Jimmy Carter. It killed that presidency. And in terms of why are consumers feeling this bad? Well, it's pretty clear why they're feeling this bad. And that is because the consumer price index is the worst it's ever been in a midterm cycle since 74. It's the worst it's been in any uh, presidential cycle or midterm cycle since 1980. So it's not much of a surprise. You can see it. It's literally off the charts on the table on your screen. And how does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. I mean, I knew that was the answer. The answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point in his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. It's over 70%. Carter. 
Carter was not even there at this point in mid-1978. When you're doing worse than Jimmy Carter's doing in the minds of Americans on inflation, you know that they're holding you responsible for the conditions that are currently on the ground that are hurting Americans in their pocketbooks. Well, when even CNN says that uh, Biden is worse than Jimmy Carter, I mean, that's how you think, not just red wave, but red tsunami. But yes, watch Mitch McConnell and the rhino leadership Try to find some way to prop up Biden and help him out and help get him through the midterms. Give me a break, folks. Oh, oh. Listen to earlier portions of the podcast for more details on that. And one example of the red wave coming, Myra Flores, a young Hispanic respiratory therapist, just won House District 34 in Texas, has never, ever had a Republican representative. And Hispanics are voting Republican in droves They are abandoning the Democratic Party. And don't you know, Colorado Democrats are watching that, and they are nervous. They are freaking out. We have a chance to turn this state red. Get those votes in. Let's make it happen. Let's do it, Colorado. Let's make this place as red as we can make it. Let's see. uh, Ben. Ben has checked in. And Morrison. And Ben, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Doing fine, thank you. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious because it's a little mind-boggling to me how you are claiming that some of this stuff is propaganda. Meanwhile, what you're actually spitting out is a lot of propaganda that's been debunked and proven false. What's an example of uh, propaganda that's been debunked and proven false? For example, Nancy Pelosi turning away the National Guard. She doesn't have the power to accept National Guard. That's not within her purview of powers. Um, The Ray Epps thing, why are we not looking into him? Well... They did, and no, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. <laughs> yes, they, they did, did not look they into Ray Epps. They looked into the person who was talking with Ray Epps, and All right. that person Tell me came this, forward ben. and said, "Ben, hey, they're just ben, doing their job." They, Ray Epps supposedly spoke to some members of the January sixth commission, <laughs> and they said at the time that they would release the transcript of Ray Epps talking to the members of the commission. Did that ever happen, Ben? Not Has that yet, been released? But they, but no, they no, it has not witness. been released. But Don't you think you should get to the bottom that. of Ray Epps before you have a wall-to-wall propaganda episode about January 6th? A lot of legitimate questions about Ray Epps, don't you think? How come he's never been arrested? He's on videotape more than anybody else on January 6th saying, we've got to go into the Capitol, we've got to go in the day before, the day of. And you hear nothing about him during these propaganda hearings. Why has that been? I don't know. Maybe they don't have a decent case on him. <laughs> That's Maybe what you think, huh? You, so you, you think, uh, oh, give the benefit of the doubt to people like Liz Cheney, huh? We're not done with these investigations. There's, oh, know, they're going to get to Ray. Huh? Potentially. Uh-huh. They're still arresting people consistently. <laughs> what do you <laughs> think about Ashley Babbitt? Evidence. I mean, t- give me some more propaganda that I've uttered. That, uh, Ashley that you- Babbitt, have you seen that video? There I have seen that video. Escaping. There was people escaping through the back room while an angry mob was base- bursting through windows. So the you think Ashley Babbitt saying, deserved come. to be shot? Don't come. She deserved yeah. to be shot. Unarmed young woman, Ashley Babbitt, Air Force veteran, <laughs> deserved to be shot that day. You're on record saying that, Ben. She was part of an angry mob that was basically trying to kill people in the Capitol. Trying to kill people. Who was killed besides Ashley Babbitt? There was four other people. No, there weren't. (laughs) Roseanne Boylan was one of them, but she was, uh, you know, one of the the Trump supporters there. Who Who else was killed? There was two officers that died. Yeah, but they did did not die. The the guy, 
The guy died the day after from unrelated causes. Apparently, he had some kind of a circulatory condition. Died of a died of a stroke. Anyway, yeah, Ben, but it's it's fun. We should, we'll we'll talk about. I, I would do more if we could, but this is unfortunately the end of the show. Anyway, I've enjoyed chatting with you, Ben. But hey, uh, thank you, Billy, for the hospitality. Thanks, George Brockler, Matt Dunn, the Backbone Radio guy. Talk on Sunday. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.